Thanks for checking out the Revival Tabernacle podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope this message encourages you in Christ our Savior. Please enjoy this message from the RT Pulpit. I am, I am believing God for greater. I know great things have already happened, but I believe greater things are still to come. If anybody believes that, it would me go ahead and just put those hands together one more time. So thankful, so thankful just to be in God's house one more time. Thank God for our brothers that's up front. God bless you all. Praise God, Pastor Eli. Thank God for our worship team. And uh, all those who have served this morning, um, I'm, I'm thankful. So thank you for uh, Brother George just gave me a report. I think we have about seven, uh, another five gallons that have come in just today. We've had some things come in through the week. And so painting will resume this week. And so I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful because Brother Dwayne's sons who have been helping out here around the church, they're in the building today. Come on, can you all stand for me real quick? I, I, they don't like they don't like all this, but come on, come on. These brothers have been out there painting and serving, and I'm so thankful for them. So thankful for them. I'm telling you. I mean, they 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 are they they are true, true, true blessings uh, to this church and just to this community and just where they serve. They. They have jobs. One of them is a chef. I think he cooks. I mean, he cooks up some stuff. He says, <laughs> he says, ah, somewhat. But no, he cooks. And so I'm, I'm just thankful just for all the gifts uh, of God that are that are here. And and let me just tell you, uh, God, God will never forget. I said, God will never forget. Even when men forget, God will never forget. And so we are thankful that we serve a God who has a good memory. I'm thankful. Aren't you glad that God remembers? Amen. And so we, we are thankful for, 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 the, for the paint that has come in. We want you to keep bringing them in. If you pledged last week, please bring them on in. We'll have our men here to help you unload and to get everything good. And uh, that is that. I don't think there's anything else I need to say. I, well, there is one more thing I need to say. Uh, bro, I got a call this morning from, uh, from Terry. Brother Ron Manley uh, had to be rushed to the hospital. And so we want to be praying for him. Uh, the seniors had a great affair last yesterday at their home, and he was doing good. And then all of a sudden, very, very quickly, sickness just set in and, and began to attack his body. And so we want to be praying for Brother Ron. Amen. As a matter of fact, let's just do that today. Deron, just give me just, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you because you are a healer. And we believe your report, God, even though there may be other reports that will suggest this, that, and the other, God, we believe and we stand today believing the report of the Lord. And your report says that we are healed. Well, your report says, God, that by the stripes that Jesus bore on Calvary's cross, we are healed. We were healed on Calvary because the work that Calvary did is a finished work. It is a complete work. And healing is a part of the salvation plan. And so, God, today we stand with our brother, God. We we affirm, we join our faith with his, with his, oh God. And though the enemy may try to attack time and time again and cause his faith to be fragmented, God, I believe, God, that even before we pray for the uh, faith that heals, God, I pray that his faith would be healed. That, God, that you would restore his faith even in you, God, and that he would not waver, that he would not doubt concerning your word. But we know 
that he that begun a good work is able to complete the work, oh God. And today, God, we declare that your work will be completed in the body of Ronald Manley. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you and we believe, God, that it is so and that it's already done in Jesus' name. Come on and put those hands together if you believe it today. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, today is a good day. So today is a good day. You know what today is a good day for? To have a good day. Chris told me that. Chris told me that. He said, you know what today is a good day for? To have a good day. And I, I said, I like that. I like that. I'm taking it. I'm stealing it. I'm not even, I'm going to give you credit, but I won't give you cash. But I thank you for that, Chris. Today is a good day to have a good day. Look at somebody and say, today is a good day to have a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been raining off and on all week. The sun is out and it's shining. I need somebody to put a smile on your face. Look at somebody else and say, today's a good day to have a good day. Come on, now, that, that, that may be the wrong person. Look at somebody else behind you and say, hey, you, hey, Robert, today's a good day to have a good day. That's right. Come on and put those hands together as we have a good day. This is biblical because the Bible says that this is the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Chris. Today's a good day to have a good day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So today, today we are kicking off a brand new series, a brand new series, and it'll be up on here. Boy, I tell you, the lights are just bright and it's kind of washing everything out, but that's good because as long as I got the white stuff showing... It's, yeah, well, that's not, that's no good. Mission is possible. Mission, somebody say that with me. Say mission, mission is possible. Come on, say it again. Say mission, mission is possible. When we were, when I was talking things over with our creative team, uh, uh, I had some very boring and tired titles. And then Sister Aubrey, Aubrey, wave, wave your hand back there, Aubrey. Give Aubrey a hand. She's our creative coordinator. On our, on our communications team, and she came up with this time. She's like, Pastor, how about Mission Is Possible? I was like, I love it. Yes, that's what we're going to do. If mission Is Possible, and it's because I really do believe uh, that this statement uh, speaks of what our response should be to this big, bold, uh, daring, and audacious thought that the Lord put in my heart to give to us for this long-term season here in, in the lives of this church family. This is going to be some exciting stuff. So I want you to tune in because what God has for us, and, and, and that's why yesterday I was sending out text messages I, to whoever I had in my phone. I was saying, listen, be here because God is getting ready to speak some things for us and is going to shape and shift where we're going for the next years to come. And what I'm going to be sharing with you today and over the next few weeks is super important. Somebody say super important. Super important. And, 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 I, and prayerfully, this will uh, launch us into a cultural shift here at Revival Tabernacle. This is going to be a cultural shift here at RT. Because I believe that when you talk about vision and mission as the church, uh, it really should reflect, it really should reflect the passion of the one who called us into this glorious work. And how many know his name is Jesus Christ? But before we get into, or I'll let you know what God has given me 
for us here at RT, I think we need to discuss a few things. Let's just discuss a few things uh, and get some things out on the table. When it comes to vision and mission here at Revival, let me just say this publicly. Uh, it's not about me. This is not about me. This is not about uh, me trying to build a big platform. I think that's even on the slides there, Daniel. Verse uh, one down. So just stay with me because we're going to go through this thing and walk through this thing together. This is not about me. This is not about uh, me trying to build some type of platform or some type of uh, national or international ministry so that we can uh, so, so so that I can be some type of, of of known figurehead. This is not about that. This is not me trying to build uh, a. a a church so that when I'm with other pastors, you know, and they say, how many you running, Doc? You know, you know, and all that talk that goes on. This is not so I can say, well, you know, last week we had, it's not, not nothing about that. So it's not about me. Somebody say it's not about me. It's not about him. Not about him. Now, for point two is, is it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. It's not about you either. No, it's not about me. It's not about me as being the pastor. It's not about you either. Let me tell you something. It's not about uh, a return of how things used to be. I'm going to take my time and and, and just walk slowly down the your row. And and if I step on feet, it's okay. Your feet, your bunions, your corns will be all right. It's not about a return of how things used to be. It's not about your comfort level. This is not about my parking spot, my seat, my row, my song. They didn't sing my song, my shout, my dance, my word, my crew. It's not about you. It is about Jesus and his glory. I don't hear nobody saying nothing to me. This is about Jesus and him getting the glory. And it's important that we are all on the same page and all are of the same mind and that most importantly, watch this, that we all speak the same language. Let me show you something. Go to the book of Genesis, Genesis 11. Genesis 11. This is going to be a little bit unorthodox because I don't have like an opening scripture that kind of ties into some matter of fact. I don't even have a specific title for this message in the series. The series is the series. Mission is possible, and we're just going to call this part one. All right, this is just part one. But Genesis uh, uh, um, uh, chapter 11, verse 1 through 9, very familiar passage of scripture. Watch, watch this. Now, the whole world. I'll scoot over for for those of you who need to see it on there. Over here is good. All the way over. I'll go all the way over. Now, the whole world had, watch this. The whole world had, is it all right if I teach over here today so that we can always reference? Perfect. All right. As long as y'all good, I'm good. Don may be freaking out because we're streaming live on the web, but Don, just fix me and and, and we'll work it out later. All right. Uh, Now, the whole world had, watch this, one language. Somebody say one language. And common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, watch this, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Verse 4, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city 
with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Reason, so that we can make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. Verse 5, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. Verse 6, and get this, and the Lord said, if as one people speak in the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Did y'all catch that? Because they were of the same mind, speaking the same language, the, the, this is what God said. Nothing that they set their heart to do would be impossible for them. Come, let us go down. See, God called an executive board meeting with himself. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because, the, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered from the face of the entire earth. What am I saying? These people, people had wrong motives. They wanted to build a city for themselves and build a tower that would go all the way up to the heavens. And here was the reason why they want to do it. So they can make a name for themselves. Right there. So they can make a name for themselves. And, and, and because they were of the same mind, and because they were of the same language, and they were all on the same page together, God had to come down and take a look at what was going on because they were on their way to accomplishing what it was that, that was in their heart to do, even though it was wrong, even though, even though their motives were not to, to bring glory to God, their motives were just to do something so they could get a name, build a name for themselves. And God came down and said, oh, we got to stop this. So here's what we're going to do. Confuse the language. In other words, cause them to speak in ways that they can't understand each other. You want to know why so many times people can't get things done? It's because somebody's saying one thing and somebody else over here is saying something completely different. But today, somebody say today. <laughs> this is why unity or oneness is so important when God wants to take us somewhere. The Bible says in Psalms 133 and 1, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live, living together are in unity. If someone, if someone were to ask anyone in this place, what is the vision or the mission of Revival Tabernacle? I would probably venture to say that everybody would have something different to say. Some of you would probably say, uh, you know, love God, love people, serve both. <laughs> Some of you would probably say um, something like, you know, to make Jesus famous. Some of you would probably say, encounter God, enjoy life, and do what? Build his kingdom. And listen, it's because those, are, those have always been things that we've kind of shouted out 
And I don't fault anyone for, 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 for not having a clear, concise idea of what our vision and mission is because we haven't had a clear, concise vision and mission statement that we could really sink our teeth into. But let me just clarify the difference on some things about a, a, a mission statement and a vision statement before we go any deeper, okay? Organizations in corporate America, even nonprofits, even in the church, they summarize their goals and objectives in mission and vision statements. Both of these serve very different purposes for an organization, but they're oftentimes confused with one another. So let me just kind of zero in on some things. Point number one, while a mission statement uh, describes what a company wants to do now, a vision statement outlines what a company wants to do in the future or wants to be in the future. There's a difference. Mission, again, describes what a company wants to do now. A vision statement outlines what a company wants to do in the future. A mission statement concentrates on the present, concentrates on the right now. A vision statement focuses on the future. So, Let's start with the vision statement. Again, I, I said this was going to be a little bit of an unorthodox Sunday morning message, but this is the time that I have that God wants us to, because I, I said, well, Lord, do I wait and do we call a special meeting and talk about this? God says, no, do it on Sunday morning. I said, okay, well, he's the boss. Going to do what he says. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 not on the screen, but just watch this. It says this, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that they may, that they may run that readeth it. Watch this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but in the end it shall speak and not lie. I like this part. Though it tarry, Wait for it. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, wait for it. Because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. It will surely come. It will surely come. It will surely come. I'm telling you right now what God has given us as a church, what I'm getting ready to talk to us about today, it is going to happen. Yes. The, and, 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 and listen, listen, and, and you'll see as we begin kind of talking about and outlining this, this is not just some small feat. This is God's big idea for what we are to be doing right here, right now. So let's start with this vision statement. Vision statement of Revival Tabernacle. Let's go to it, Daniel. Through our multicultural, multigenerational approach to God's word, Worship and relationships, Revival Tabernacle will touch and transform millions of lives with the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Through our multicultural, multi generational approach to God's word, worship, and relationships, Revival Tabernacle will touch and transform millions of lives through the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. 
let this sink in for a moment. Where did all this come from? Let me tell you. God and you. <laughs> Remember a few months ago, we sent out this survey and we asked two questions. How many people remember this? We did it online, had some available here. Questions simply were this. Uh, what do you like about RT, and what can we be doing better? And I mean, we got, the, I mean, it's the, the floodgates open. <laughs> and we got all type of, 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 of things. But there were some very consistent things that kept being said. This church has always and will continue to be a kingdom-minded church. Let me say that again. This church has always and will continue to be a kingdom-minded church. We will be a church that looks like the kingdom of God. This is not a black church or a white church. This is a kingdom-minded church. This is, this is not a church that's for uh, all youth and young adults, and it's not a church for all uh, uh, baby boomers and seniors. It's a church for everyone. A church for everyone. And this is the reason why, because a lot of things we, we figured out or we saw or we recognized that this is what we were doing, but we were not intentional about our efforts and our approach in what it is that we were doing. So God is saying, start getting very deliberate about what it is that you already do well. And you guys spoke to us, said, there is something about the love that's in this place. How many people know that, that there's something about the love that is in this place? I mean, you cannot duplicate this anywhere. And then the word and the worship and relationships, these are core convictions of Revival Tabernacle. Core convictions. We will always be a church that is governed by the Word of God. The Word of God will be our leader. The Word of God will, will lead us in what it is that we ought to be doing. Our worship will always be Christ-centered. And the relationships that we have with one another, let me tell you something, those are important. Why? Because God never intended for us to do life alone. This is the reason why life groups are so important, the small groups are so important, because life was meant to be done together. See, the enemy wants you to be isolated and off to your own little self. The devil wants you to be by yourself, at home, not talking to nobody, not engaging, show up on Sunday morning, the moment the benediction happened, you dart right out the door, get in your car, drive out the parking lot, we don't see you till next Sunday. But the relationships... God placed you here for a reason. And there is something that somebody else has that you need. Just like there is something that someone else has that I need. We need one another. The most recent census data, now let me talk about this word millions because I hear the, 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 the minds talking. The most recent census data they did like a mid one back last year in 2015. There are over 5.5 million people in southeastern Michigan. What would you say is the percentage? I won't even ask for a number. What would you say is the percentage of those people 
that actually go to church. She says 2%, 10%, 5 All right, 20%. 20% is the number of people that actually go to church. A little bit around half of that, 10% or, or half of that 20%, half of that 20% profess Christ and, and are active believers in the Christian faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Okay, so let me break this down into real numbers. 5.5 million people, it's a little bit over that, 5.5 million people in southeastern Michigan, all right? Then we go and we say 20% of that, that's right around what? Just right around a million, a million people. A million people that go to church. Half of that, about, about, about a half a million people in southeastern Michigan profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Can I tell you something? And we used to wonder, you know, because in Detroit, there's like a church on every corner. But you know what the data was showing? And they even said this in one of the reports. They said that over the last 15 years, there was a big uh, uh, boom of babies. Not the baby boomers, but boom of babies. And, and which means that my generation, after we graduated high school, started having kids. And so here's, here's the sum total of it. They said that we needed to have... <clears throat> A net growth of about 80 churches added over the last 15 years just in the metropolitan Detroit area to fill the need of churches or to fill the need of people in these areas that are not going to church. So when we say millions, we're not talking about stealing, stealing fish from another man's aquarium. I'm not talking about church transfer. I'm talking about there are souls out there that need Jesus. Y'all not saying nothing to me in this place. I'm going to walk this thing down real slow because I want everyone to get, I want everybody to understand this because this is our way forward as a church. There is a real need out there in these streets, people. There's a real need here. How are we going to hit millions? Maximizing some of the things that we're already doing. We stream on the web, the World Wide Web, every single Sunday. And we're starting to do Wednesdays. We have podcasts. We have our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I believe also that God is going to, to guide us in the way to strategically plant churches in this area. Plant churches across southeastern Michigan. I also believe that God is going to add to the church, just as he did in the Bible, add to the church daily. And it's all going to be brought about through that one last phrase that's there. <clears throat> the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. So the vision statement of RT through our multicultural, multi-generational, every kindred, every tongue, no matter the age, approach to God's word. We have that with our children ministry, our youth ministry, and even here in our adult session. Through word, 
Worship and relationships, Revival Tabernacle will touch and transform millions of lives through the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying now? Okay. Now, I know what you're saying in your mind. Pastor Devin, now there's no way we can reach millions of people. We just look small church here in Highland Park. And my answer to you would be, you're absolutely right. We can't do it, but he can. We can't do it, but he can. And because he has the power to do it, he can and will use us to bring it to pass. And we talked about this in the very beginning, because let me just say something. This, this isn't something that I just kind of cooked up. This has been something that's been baking over the last 10 or 11 months. When I stepped into this role, even back when it was just the interim role, I began saying, God, what is that you want us to do now and where is that you want us to go? And then God began to speak and, 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 we, and we sat around, we did our round tables around our rectangle table down there in the conference room. And we began to walk, work through this as a leadership team and work through this and just really kind of say, this is what I know God wants us to do. God's going to bring it to pass. The Bible says in Proverbs, Daniel, I think you have this, Proverbs 29 and 18, that just the eight part, it says this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. That's what the New American Standard Bible says, use the word unrestrained. I, I know King James used the word perish, but I like that word unrestrained. Unrestrained, that word unrestrained literally means to let go, to let loose, to unbind. So in other words, where there is no vision, the people are let go. Where there is no vision, the people are let loose. Where there is no vision, the people are unbound. For a little while, I would say, that we've been unrestrained, we've been loose, we've been unbound because there was no vision to keep us together. But today, Revival family, God has given us a vision and he is binding us together for the purpose of fulfilling his vision. God is doing this. God is, this is the reason why God is sending people into here and, and people are are saying, I want to be a part of this church. Why? Because they sense, we all can sense that God is up to something. We don't know what, we don't know how he's going to make it happen, but God is up to something. And how many want to be a part of what God is doing? We talked about even at the beginning of the year that, listen, it's time for us to consecrate ourselves. Why? Because the Bible says, for tomorrow God is going to do amazing things among us. And let me just tell you something. This, we're laying the groundwork for the amazing. We spent 40 days consecrating and in prayer. Why? Because God wanted to not just, we knew the amazing was happening, but we wanted to be a part of the amazing. We wanted to be a, a channel or a conduit so that the amazing can flow through us, not just to us, but through us. And this is what God is doing. So let's get down to the mission. Now, the vision, that's something that you won't, we'll have it. So we can always reference back to. That's something very long term, not going to change much. But the mission, this is what we are going to be about right now. Somebody say right now. 
So say this with me. Dan, you, let's put this up. Mission statement for RT. Say this out there. Reach sinners. Raise believers. Release leaders. Let's say it again. Reach sinners. Raise believers. Be- release leaders. Let's say it one more time. Reach sinners. Raise believers. And release leaders. And this is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today. And over the next few weeks, because this is our day-to-day mandate and our mode of operation. Right here. Reach sinners, raise believers, release leaders. My grandfather would say it like this. (laughs) We're going to bring them in, we're going to raise them up, and we're going to send them out. My grandmother's here right now. Let's say amen for Mother Eubanks. But is that what he would say? We're going to bring them in, we're going to raise them up, we're going to send them out. Church was never intended to be this place where you just come and you sit and you sit dormant. And we talked about this before. Church was never intended to be a place for where you literally become, uh, 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 um, um, if God has called us to be salt of the earth, Church has turned into a salt shaker shelf. We're just a shelving unit for salt to be placed on. And God forbid, we need to go in like Jesus and cleanse the temple and turn over these shelves. Flip these shelves over and get some salt to start being poured out. Because let me tell you something, the true essence of salt only gets, only gets experienced when salt has contact. Salt must have contact in order for it to have influence. And if we're not having contact and influencing the world around us, what are we doing? So that was just my intro. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. This is what God is calling us to do right now. Somebody say right now. So let's deal with the first part because over the next three weeks, we're going to break this thing apart. And let's deal with this first part, reach sinners. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. <laughs> we went round and round about this because, not to put anybody on the spot, but some people thought that using that word sinners was offensive. And I said, it is what it is. Let me tell you something. The world know that they wrong. P- people, people in sin know that, that they in sin. They know that something in their life isn't working right. So this is, this is what it is for us right now. We need to understand this is our mandate to reach those who are lost. Can, let me say this. We've done this in part. We've done this in part. But now we will be intentional about everything that we do to ensure that we are walking lockstep with the overall mission of the church. Everything that we do. When I say we will be intentional about everything we do, I mean just that everything we do from here on out will be tied to reaching sinners, raising believers, and releasing leaders. Everything we do, everything, 
This means that there are some things that we've done in the past that were good things to do, and we love doing them. But doing those things may change a little bit. Because we need to make sure that doing those things are tied to reaching sinners, raising believers, and releasing leaders. We are going to be a focused church. We're not going to be a church that's just doing a whole bunch of willy-nilly things and doing a whole lot of cool things if it's not tied to what God has called us to do. We have to be focused. We have to have strategy. Pastor David Johnson talked about that a few weeks ago when he was here. We must have strategy. It's not just coming here for service. We have to have a plan of attack of what God wants us to do. Why? Because the enemy has a plan. His plan is very specific. His plan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I come that yet that you might have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. And let me tell you something. If you have been full with new life in Jesus Christ, your responsibility is to go out and make sure somebody else gets full and experiences life in Jesus Christ. So today we're going to deal with this reach sinners part. Let me say this. This is the primary role and responsibility of not just the church, but of each and every person that makes up the church. This is your primary role and responsibility. And see, this may be tough for some of us to swallow because we got our own personal goals. So I got my personal agenda. We have a personal mission statement for our lives. And that's good. Don't, don't get me wrong. That is great. But I have a question for you. Do your plans include his? We have to ask ourselves this. Do, do the plans that I have include God's plan? Because <laughs> the Bible says this, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is his plan that will prevail or supersede above them all. It's not that your, it's not that your plans won't see because they will. See, we have the ability. See, that's why going back to the vision, that's why that word million is there. Because let me tell you something. I, have, I can and have touched hundreds. I've even touched thousands. Well, that's why putting that in, or, you, know, you know, tens of thousands. See, there are some things that we can do in and of our own selves. But I believe Robert Shuler said this years ago, and, I, and, and, and it stuck with me. I never forgot it. He said, we ought to make our plan so big that we, that we can fit God in it. See, some of us are thinking too small. Even in your personal life, you're thinking too small. You think you want to just get a little business and have a little building and just, you know, sir. No, 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 no. Listen, make your plans, expand your plans. Why? Because he's a big God. And because your plans are so small, sometimes it's hard for God to, how can I even, thank you, King, I can't even, where's room for me? God is looking at you and saying, well, where's my seat? I can't even come in and sit down. But we have to expand our vision. Expand. Let me tell you something. I can't do millions by myself. 
We can't do millions by ourselves. But let me tell you, with God, all things are possible. With man, not, things, things will be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Look at somebody and say, mission is possible. Write this down. Put this on the screen, Daniel. Instead of asking God to bless what you are doing, you need to ask God to allow you to do what he has already blessed. Let me say that again. Instead of asking God to bless what you are doing, you need to ask God to allow you to do what he has already blessed. Let me tell you. God has already blessed his plan. His plan is perfect. And maybe you don't know his plan, but let me tell you that God's plan is the same. It has not changed. Let me show you God's plan. Turn to Luke 19 and 10. Luke 19 and 10. It says this. Do we have it, Daniel? Luke 19 and 10. Here's God's plan. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. This was his plan yesterday. This is his plan today. And this will be his plan until the return of Christ. There is no greater motivation for, of God than his commitment to mankind. No greater motivation of God than his commitment to man. So much so that he gave his all for us. Listen to me. God's plan is the salvation of humanity. Salvation of souls is the passion of God. Salvation of souls is the passion of God. So watch this. So when man's soul becomes your passion, you begin to attract God's resources. trying to get y'all to really understand what God is saying to us here. When your passion or when your plans begin to reflect the passion of God, you attract God's resources. And how many people know that God's resources are unlimited? Unlimited. God has unlimited resources, and he will make them available to us when we align ourselves with his passion, his heart. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Everything that God has given you is because he wants people to get saved. Everything that God has given you is because he wants people to get saved. Now, this is not to embarrass anybody. But raise your hand. If you, if this year, it's, it's September, so nine, so nine months, eight months, nine months. If this year you have led someone to the Lord. So there are more hands down than there are hands up. Okay. That means that we have spent, the majority of us have spent most of the year not doing the passion of God. In other words, we've spent over half the year 
not fulfilling the plan of God. At some point, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, every single day, there should be an ask of the Father to say, God, show me who I can share you with today. Or show me, show me someone that I can witness to. Maybe you don't close the full circle because the Bible does, is very clear that one man planteth, another watereth, but it's God that gives the increase. But are you doing your part? Are you planting or watering? Are you doing something to the overall process? Are you doing something to cause increase to happen in someone's life? Again, this is our vision and mission as a church. But can I tell you something? And I got to drive this home. This is our individual mission. If you, if you have the name of Christ upon your life, if you are a born-again believer, guess what? This is your responsibility too. It's not just, well, you know, that's what I do on Sunday when I get together with my brothers. No, 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 no. This is what you're supposed to be doing every single day of your life so that your life can have purpose and your life can have fulfillment and that God will begin to push resources your way. Why? Because you're making his passion your purpose. As believers, whatever we do should be tied to the goal of winning souls. Bible says that he that went of souls is what? Wise. When you do this, when you do this, God will prosper you. God will prosper you. Listen, if you got a home or an apartment, you should really strive to at least one day a week invite someone over to your house have dinner with them at your table, feed them food, and talk to them about Jesus. Can I say this to you? My belief, my conviction is when you do this, your rent or your mortgage will always be paid. He's faithful like that. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I'm sorry, Grandma, but this is what I do every Sunday. So I talk about y'all. So when you come, don't think I'm just picking on you. I talk about this is what I knew growing up. This is all that's all. They live in the same house that they lived in when my mom was a teenager. <clears throat> and can I tell you something? I ain't never heard them talk about, you know, well, we about to have a house foreclosed on. Why? Because God always met their need. Why? Because they always had their home open to receive and to help people from all over the world. Not just sinners, but even evangelists and missionaries and people on mission field. They, they, and we were looking like, why you got another, another one in, in your house? I mean, now can't y'all just, you know, live your life and be good? And some of us, because, you know, we love them as family, we don't understand the plan of God. Can I say this? Sometimes your family won't understand the plan of God. 
and what God has called you to do. But you have to tune out all the naysayers and make sure that you have the voice of God elevated a little bit higher than the voice of mom and them. Because the Bible says that even when mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. So we have to have a proper perspective of what our goal and role and responsibility is in the kingdom. Let me tell you something. If you have a car... Turn that car into a transportation machine that is committed to bringing people to Jesus. You'll you'll always have gas in your car. I promise you, you'll always have gas in your car. How can you say that? Because God will always fulfill and, and give you resources when you align yourself with his plan. This is his plan. And so why? Because because this is his mission mandate, he's always going to fund his plan. God will always finance the salvation program of any human being. He's always going to finance the salvation plan. If that's your your motor, God is always going to see to it that you have what you need. Why? Because he's faithful. God gave us this mission. Let me show you, because it's in Scripture, because y'all think I'm just pulling this stuff out. Let's go to the next slide, Daniel. Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, somebody say surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, this goes into everything. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, reach sinners. Make disciples. It's raising believers of all names, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. We're going to be about teaching you. Let me tell you something. Two things that I will always commit to everyone in here. Number one, when you bring the unsaved, we're going to always make sure that there is a call and an appeal for them to give their heart to the Lord. And number two, we're going to always make sure that we are growing and, 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 and maturing in the things of God, in his word and in the things that concern him. Look at this next scripture, Matthew 16. Let's go there, Dan. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants me be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You know, at the top of the year, most of you are like me, probably made New Year's what? Resolutions. How many people made New Year's resolutions this year? Some of y'all are so fed up with yourself, you just stop. I'm like, I'm just disgusted. I'm not going to do it no more. <laughs> I'm not even going to do this to myself, so I'm not doing it. 
How many of us have, have retirement plans? Okay. It's good. It's great. Retirement plans, making New Year's resolutions, yeah. have, have, have life insurance, all, all those things are good. But can I tell you what these are also forms of? Saving your own life. These are all forms of just saving your own life. Talked to someone this week, and uh, they called and 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 said they 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 called me because their mom, their mom had just gotten a report that she has uh, brain cancer. M- my neighbor, who is I don't know, he's Joe's in his eighties. I was away. Uh, up at Grass Lake doing the MySOM courses with Assemblies of God. And Courtney calls me and says, you'll not believe this, you know. Joe, our neighbor, Mr. Podner, who is who Kayleen's called her best friend. And y'all pray for Kayleen. She's, she's under the weather, has a fever yesterday. So finally broke this morning. She was right around 99.9, but she's on the mend. But just keep her in your prayer. But Jill, Joe's wife, Told, told us that uh, Joe, his Alzheimer's got really, really bad, and so he started biting and hitting and all type of things. And so she said he's right now at, at Beaumont, but he's not coming back home. They're going to put him in hospice. And Both of these situations are people that, who have planned for life, planned to save their life. They, but in a moment, it can be gone. And we do so much to take care of this and this life and these natural things. But we do very little to secure our life and the life to come. Even with those New Year's resolutions, I I would venture to say probably 90% of what your resolution said had very little to do with God and winning souls. But the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the Bible says, will be added unto you. Sad part is that when we don't seek him first and his righteousness, and we seek the things first, what happens is things aren't added to us, but we're added to things. You're added to, to, to the call list of, of, of Home Depot because you didn't spend money that you did not have. And so they've added you to their list, and they call you every day. You're added to the list of Macy's because you went out and bought all the clothes that you wanted. But, and so you've been added to the, that those clothes weren't added to you because you really don't own them because they still are calling you because you bought them on credit and you, so you've been added to it, but it wasn't added to you. But when you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Let me show you another scripture. This is 
this is just showing that souls is God's passion. Go to Matthew 18. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm, Matthew 18. So what do you think? Matthew 18, 12 through 14. If a man owns, watch this. If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go and look for that one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, now don't get offended, but truly I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Can I tell you something? God left me to go after them. <laughs> and he went after them. Bible says, it, well, this translation said in the hills. Another translation says in the mountains. How many people know it's not easy to find stuff in the mountains? You've got to exert energy. <laughs> got to go up, go low. You got to seek and find. I mean, it's not easy. Let me tell you something. And what he's called us to do, what God has called us to do, the obstacles that we have to face, the mountains that we have to go into, let me tell you something. It's not going to be easy. But if, so, if we are aligning ourselves with the passion of God, souls has to be our focus and we have to do whatever it takes. Let me ask you a question. What does God love? <laughs> he never said, John 3.16, for God so loved the church. Didn't say church, did it? Said the world. Let's go to John 3.16, and let's look at this, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Can I tell you something? He didn't condemn them, so why are we? I'm thoroughly convinced that this vision will come to pass. And when it does, we have to understand this. And hear me good. There will be people that will come into this church that may use profanity. And you got to be okay with that. Oh, boy, I, I didn't lost half of y'all. This, this whole side of the room, that they, that I, I lost them. Y'all are right over there. There will be people coming into this church that's going to smell like weed. 
You got to be okay with it. There's going to be people coming into this church that's going to smell like, that, that will have, I mean, not just the smell of alcohol, but so strong that you will be able to taste the alcohol yourself. You got to be okay with it. Oh, for, wait a minute. Hold on. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I mean, if somebody had been so condemning to you, would you be here? I know I'm giving y'all a whole lot today. Let me give you one more scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. You got it, Daniel? 2 Corinthians 5. Watch this. Verse 17 through 21. Are y'all seeing this today? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. I love that. The old has gone and the new is here. It's somebody say it's here. All this is from God. Watch this. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you I think y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Hold on, let me go back. All this is from God who reconciled us to him and then through Christ and then gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, the very thing that God did for you, he's not giving you the authority to go and do for somebody else. The very thing that God has, has done for you, oh, I mean, you were a wretch and done and we don't know half of the story. I mean, some of us were messed up, so messed up, we don't, we don't even give the, 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 the messed up part of the testimony. We say, well, you know, God delivered me too. <laughs> and we leave it at that. But let me tell you something. If you really were to tell the truth and to give the full account of what God had to go through to get you to where you are right now, let me tell you something. Your testimony will not just save, heal, and deliver somebody, but they'll say, wait a minute, hold on. You where you are now and you were just like me, but thanks be unto God who always gives us the power to triumph in him. Why? Because he is God and he has given us the very thing that he did for us. Reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. <laughs> Somebody say, well, what's my ministry? What's reconciliation? I don't know my ministry. I don't know what's supposed to. Let me reconcile people back to God. Let me move on. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. That God was, thank you, Mama. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and He has committed to us the message of, re of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf: be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Aren't you glad that God did not count your sins against you? Is there anybody on this side of the room that's happy that God did not count me out? I mean, I did some things that a whole lot of people wrote me off for. My family don't even want to have nothing to do with me, but I thank God that I came into a place and his love enveloped me. His love surrounded me like a shield. And today I can say I'm a new creation. All things have passed away and all things are new today right here as I stand. I don't have to have condemnation. As a matter of fact, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has done what made me free today and the very thing that he did for me look at somebody and say we got to reach sinners And how do you reach them? With the love of God. We don't, we don't go to them. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. So we don't, we don't come to people with, you know what you're doing is wrong. No, 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 no. Let's reflect the love of Christ. And we say, God, forgive them and allow me to show your love to them, the same love that you showed to me. So let me give you our how-to process, and then, and then, and then, and then we're going to let it go. Here's our how-to process. Start in your own household. Start in your own household. Uh, well, you know, Pastor, they, they 18, they grown. They still living in your house. Just, just, just don't be afraid to have the conversation. Hey, where are you at spiritually? Where are you? Where? Have you made a decision to, to, to give your life to the Lord? You do know that he, he loves you so much. He loves you more than you'll ever understand. Then after you started with your household, and this is going to be our approach, and, and, and trust me, when, as, in, a, in a moment, we're going to start with our household. We're going to start in-house. We're going to make sure if anybody wants to give their heart to the Lord that they can do that after this service. But then number two, it's about your neighborhood. You know, how, how, how did I know that what was happening to Joe, my next door neighbor? Because we have a relationship with Jill and Joe. Some of us, we don't know the people who moved in next door and don't want to know them. And yet and still, you walk out the house every Sunday morning with that big old Bible up under your arm. And they're looking out their window, they're looking out their window at you. <laughs> Say, boy, they're going to church, but 
that must not be a nice church because we've been here for 12 months now and we don't, they don't ever even came over to welcome us to the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm not going to ask, you know, how many people know your neighbors in here. I'm, I'm not because that, I'm not going to do it. But you know. You know. Starts with your neighborhood. And then as a church, this is where we're going to start. We are going to be, I mean, everything that we do, we're going to make sure that Geneva, Florence, Louise, Easton, and Moss know about it. Why? Because this is our neighborhood. This is the neighborhood where God planted this, this church. I know we've done a whole lot, and I know. I know, I know, because I can hear, I can hear our, our, our business and finance team. They're like, well, well how are we going to do it? Listen, we're going to align ourselves with winning souls, and God is going to make sure that we have the resources to reach out to all these people in this neighborhood. It moves from neighborhood to community, and then community to city. This is going to be our tracking for the next five years. We're going to make sure that we are faithful in what God has given us. Faithful in what God has called us to do. And let me tell you something. I, I'm committed to reaching sinners, raising believers, and releasing leaders. You all know, you all can see it. Let me tell you, this is not a one-man show. Nor do I ever want it to be. Because we have so many people in this place that are gifted to do what it is that I do and so much more. But I believe that God has a mandate and a call for all of us to do. And we today, we are aligning ourselves with the vision and mission of this house. Because this is what God has called us to do and we will do it. There we go. Our multicultural and multigenerational approach to God's word, worship, and relationships. Revival Tabernacle will touch and transform millions of lives through the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And our mission statement, y'all should know this without even looking. Reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Put up the dangers just so they can see it. Next slide down. Reach sinners, raise believers, release leaders. This is what God called us to do. Let's stand. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www dot revivaltab.org